a podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. You're listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry, regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. We are in the middle of a series called Free to Thrive, and I wonder if God is already stirring in your heart just a new vision of freedom, what freedom looks like in your life, what freedom looks like through your life, what freedom looks like applied to your life. That is my hope. That is my prayer that we would get a new definition of freedom. And in fact, today in our podcast, we're going to look at the difference between God's definition of freedom and the world's definition of freedom. And certainly there is a very big difference. As we look at the difference between God's definition of freedom and the world's definition of freedom, we're going to transition into a very just important topic. It's a topic that we don't always talk about, but it is so very necessary. And it's it's the topic of sin. You know, sin is the number one barrier to God's freedom. And so we have to get serious about sin. We have to be real about sin. We have to be open for God. God to show us the areas of sin in our life. Uh, and then we have to be willing to change those areas. And so you're going to hear in today's podcast, definitely some passion in my voice. You're going to hear the seriousness of this particular topic. But here's what I want to say from the very beginning. As we deal with the sin in our life, it actually provides the path to freedom because freedom is surrender. Freedom is Christ. Freedom is, um, you know, living that right life that God has for us. And so we're going to look at the freedom barrier of sin. And as we look at that freedom barrier, God is going to change us. God is going to transform us. God is going to, um, he's going to cleanse us. He's going to forgive us. And he's going to um, show us the way that he is calling us to live. And so today I pray that while this may be a very serious topic that is sometimes hard to look at and deal with, that you will have the fortitude and the passion to just dive deep into this topic, to be real, and to ask God to show you those areas of sin in your life so that you can live that full, free, abundant life. So let's go to our live teaching that was recorded just a couple of years ago right here in Central Arkansas, and let's learn about the power of freedom in our lives and through our lives. The world defines freedom as independence from God. It's thinking that I experience freedom when I'm able to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, and have the resources available to make things happen. When we buy into the world's definition of freedom, we will experience sin in our life. Why? Because we're looking to the standard of this world in order to tell us what we have to have, who we have to be in order to measure up. So we want to confront the world's definition of freedom so that we can embrace God's definition of freedom. And remember, we said that God's definition of freedom has nothing to do with worldly things. God's definition of freedom does not create independence from God, but rather creates desperate dependence upon God. So the the freedom has nothing to do with earthly things. The Bible teaches that freedom is found in Jesus Christ. In fact, for the believer, Freedom is living a life of total abandon to Jesus Christ. 
let's just jump right in and talk about the barrier that sin creates in our hearts and in our lives. Sin creates a barrier between God and man. Because sin creates that barrier, it is extremely serious. If there's anything that I hope that you walk out of here tonight with, it is the understanding that God does not wink at our sin. He is not okay with it. He is a holy God and he requires holiness out of his people, out of his children. And so if we are going to have the heart of God, if we're going to have the mind of God so that we can walk in truth and righteousness, then we too are going to have to get serious about the sin that is in our life. Let's talk about some causes of sin. Sin is any wrong thought, action, or or reaction. I I could probably stop right now and and you're saying, I've heard enough. Thank you. Thank you so much. I already know I'm on board. Sin is serious. Sin must be dealt with because we're talking about our thought patterns. We're talking about our actions. We're talking about our feelings. We're talking about the things that come out of our mouths. We're talking about the things that go on inside of our minds. We're talking about those cycles of sin, those different difficult thought patterns, those difficult tendencies, whether it's to say something negative whenever we should say something positive or to to uh, exaggerate a story instead of telling just the honest truth. And so we have to realize that we have thoughts, we have actions, we have reactions that cause us to veer off of the course that God has set forth for us. We should hate sin. I put that in the very first devotional that you read for this week. We should hate sin. Sin should not cause a sense of excitement in our hearts or in our lives. It should not lead us to feel fulfilled in any way. It shouldn't be fun for us. It should make our skin crawl. And, and, And I know that that's vivid to think about whenever we're talking about sin, but we have to understand that there is an effect that sin has on our hearts and on our lives. For the unbeliever, sin separates that person from God and destines that person to spend all of eternity paying a very costly sin debt. We know that Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. So it's serious for the unbeliever. That, That sin is a barrier between God and man and that man cannot do anything in his own strength or in his own power to overcome that sin debt. Now we're going to get to the good news in just a little bit about that, but we have to feel the weight of the bad news in order to fully embrace and to experience the good news. Now for the believer, for the child of God, sin continues to play a role in our lives. Why? Because we live in a fallen world and we continue to have fleshly desires. We continue to have fleshly thoughts. We continue to display fleshly actions. And so we have to realize that there is an effect that sin has even on the believer's life that causes us to veer off of that straight and narrow path that God has for us. So for the believer, sin breaks the fellowship with God 
because it gets in the way of the believer knowing, loving, and serving Jesus Christ as well as just experiencing his presence in your daily life, in my daily life. When I know that I'm struggling to hear from the Lord, when I am asking for direction, when I'm seeking direction from the Lord, but yet I am struggling to hear his voice or for anything in his word to come alive to me, I often will ask myself the question, where's the unconfessed sin? What is the barrier? What's going on in my life that is inhibiting my walk with the Lord? So we have to realize that sin inhibits our walk with God and it compromises our freedom in Jesus Christ. I want to even get um, a little more specific with you in regards to sin and sin cycles that can be going on in your heart and in your life and in your mind. A sin cycle is very simply sin that occurs over and over and over again to the point where we feel like there is little hope of victory. And even as believers in Jesus Christ, we can get weighed down. We can get bogged down in sin, in a sin cycle to the point where we feel like there is little hope that we'll ever experience any victory over that thought pattern, over that uh, action, over that feeling. Uh, I listed some examples for you in this week's devotion of some different sin cycles that women can struggle with. Certainly these are not just for women to struggle with, but we often see women struggling with these types of sin cycles. Maybe it's cutting, drinking, binging, purging, smoking, some type of addiction going on in their life, stealing, lying, gossiping, daydreaming about a life that is not their own. Maybe it's some kind of misbehavior that's taking place in the workplace, in your private life. Anything that you feel like is controlling you to the point where you are not living in accordance to God and his word. And it is happening over and over and over and over again. You can know that you are caught in a sin cycle and that through Jesus Christ, victory and freedom are available to you. Oftentimes, instead of engaging in battle in regards to that particular sin cycle in your life or in my life, we will easily explain it away. We will sell ourselves some worldly lies so that we can cozy up to our sin instead of confronting it in Jesus' name. Now, I want to share just a few of those lies that either I've told myself at different times in my walk with the Lord or I I've heard other women tell themselves in their walk with the Lord. Sometimes we'll tell ourselves in regard to that sin, it's really not that bad. You know, compared to this, and we fill in the blank with a, a sin that we think is, is, is worse than what we're doing, this is not that bad. I should just stay right here so I don't progress to that deeper, darker sin. Maybe we'll tell ourselves everybody else is doing this. So we're conforming to the pattern of this world and we're telling ourselves it's okay. Sometimes we tell ourselves, this is just how I was raised. I do it, my mom did it, 
Her mom did it. Her mom did it to the point where it has become a generational sin to where we don't even question it anymore. I've seen that happen in women's lives uh, multiple times where they are caught in a sin cycle and they don't even realize it's sin. Why? Because they grew up in an environment where that was normalized. And so it's important for us to even look at some of those things that we learned from our parents and from our grandparents and from our environment where we were raised and say, is that godly? Is that right? Does that lead to freedom as, as described in God's holy word? Uh, then again, we'll play that comparison game compared to such and such. And this is when we'll actually maybe fill in somebody's name. I am not that bad. Another one that uh, uh, just recently somebody actually shared with me as I was speaking at a conference and I thought, yes, this happens all the time. We will tell ourselves that we deserve that thing. We deserve that experience. We deserve that whatever it is, fill in the blank. And so we are literally telling ourselves, it's okay. I've worked hard. I've paid my dues. Now it's my turn to get this or to have that. Um, two that really stick out to me it's because the person who shared it with me, it just it just profoundly impacted me. Uh, I did some ministry in a prison a couple of years back, and we were talking about sin. We were talking about ways that we justify sin. And when you're in a prison setting, sometimes the women are very real and very transparent because there's obviously been some sin in their life to get them to that place. And, and there's, there's some women there that they want freedom over that sin. They are so ready to move on and to, to get on with their life that they're just very real and very transparent. And so uh, one specific lady told me two ways that she justified sin in her life to the point where she was sitting in that prison cell looking at me and it was so powerful. The first thing that she said is that I told myself I would only do it one time. It would just happen just this once. But then she said it slowly became easier to do it the next time and to do it the next time and to do it the next time and to do it the next time. But she said it finally caught up with me. And the second thing that she said, that she, she just said, I justified the sin by saying, you know what? It doesn't hurt anybody else. It doesn't affect them. They don't even know that it's going on. But as she sat in that prison cell, and she talked about her husband, and she talked about her children, and she talked about her parents and her family. She realized it affected everybody in her life. And that's just the other thing that we have to realize about sin. It is not contained. The people who are living life with us, they are seeing it take place in our life, and it is shaping them. It is impacting them, whether they realize it or not. And I think the final thing that we can tell ourselves in regards to just lying to ourselves about sin is that we'll say, I cannot overcome this. It is not possible. This sin cycle, this difficulty, this strain in my life, it is too great. And when we buy into that lie, which it is a lie, we fail to recognize the power that is available to us and through us, through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. What we know is that God's dynamite power through His Holy Spirit resides in us. And so the same power that raised Jesus out of that grave,
saved lives inside of us. And that is the type of power that will break chains in Jesus' name. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennon.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. The first thing that we see that we need to do is that we need to confess that sin in our life. This is where I had you turn to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, we cannot deal with that which we have not recognized. So it's so important for us to put a name to that sin, to speak it out loud, to say it. To confess means to agree. It means to consent. It means to admit. It means to tell. It means to acknowledge. So an example of confessing a sin is this. I hit my brother. Now, you know, I have two little boys. So, you know, I've heard this before. I hit my brother. They are confessing that that is what they're doing. They're admitting it. They're telling it. They're acknowledging it. They're getting that action out into the open so that that we can deal with it. And that's what we do when we confess our sins to God. We get that action out into the all open so that we can deal with it through God, his word and his spirit. But we cannot stop at confession. We must move on. And the second thing that we need to do is to repent from that sin. Uh, Let me read this verse to you. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Now, when we're talking about repenting, we're talking about moving to the next level. We're moving past just acknowledging it because when we repent from that particular sin, from that particular thought or that particular action, we are having a moral reorientation. We're acknowledging the error of our way and we're turning towards God's way of truth and righteousness. That means we're turning towards God and his word. And we are beginning to find out what he thinks about that sin. And we are beginning to express a willingness to walk in his ways instead of walking in our ways. And so we see that we're moving beyond just saying it. Now we're ready to do something about it. We're ready to stop doing that wrong thing and to turn from it. So here is our example. I hit my brother and I am not going to hit him again, right? We're turning from that wrong action, but we cannot stop there. And often what I see in believer's life and in my own life specifically is that I tend to stop 
right there. I'll confess it and I'll turn from it, but I forget this important third step. And the important third step is to renew our mind about that thought, about that action, about that thing that took place in and through my life. So we need to change the way that we view the sin in our life through the renewing process. One of my favorite passages of scripture, in fact, it is a passage of scripture that I wrote an entire Bible study on that's called Reflecting His Glory is Romans chapter 12, verse two. There is so much depth of knowledge and instruction in this one verse of scripture. And for this particular point, I want us just to focus on one aspect of Romans 12 too, but let me read the whole verse so that you can understand the context of what we're saying here. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Here's the important instruction that we're gonna see in Romans chapter 12, verse Verse two, we are called to renew our minds. We are called to have a transformation in the way that we think, in the way that we act, and even in the way that we feel. Renewing in Romans chapter 12, verse two, it means renewal. Uh, it means renovation. It means rejuvenation. It means to make like new or to get a fresh start. So if we are changing the way that we view that sin in our life, we are not just going to say, I hit my brother and I'm not going to hit him again. We're going to the next level and we're going to start figuring out how to interact with my brother in a way that honors God and that is true to his word. So we're going to say, I hit my brother. I will not do it again. And instead of hitting my brother, I'm going to love him. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to protect him. I'm going to honor him. Now that is a very simple example for you and for me in regards to hitting someone, which is not something that probably we struggle with. But I want you to think about your sin, what you're dealing with in your thoughts, in your actions, in your words, in your minds, and walk through that process. Have you confessed it? Have you acknowledged it? Have you come into agreement with God about that thing? Sometimes we need to just stop right there and we need to ask God to help us to see our sin through his holy eyes. And whenever I pray that prayer, here's what begins to happen. What I once thought was fun or exciting or thrilling or fulfilling or a sense of adventure in my life will slowly start to turn my stomach. I won't sense the thrill of it. I won't sense the fun in it. Why? Because I'm seeing it in, in, in the context of Jesus on the cross. As he bled, as he shed his blood for you and me, he did it for that action that I'm trying to gain fulfillment from. Do you see how serious this is? So sometimes we just have to confess it. We have to get it out there and we have to get it into the open. We have to say, this is what I'm struggling with. Lord, I'm acknowledging this struggle. I'm admitting it. I'm declaring it. I'm revealing it. I'm saying, Lord, this is what's going on in my life and I need you to help me. And then we can begin to sense that desire within us that the spirit of God puts inside of us to turn from that thing. And it won't be in our own strength. It won't be in our own power. It's not 
because all of a sudden we had some clarity in our thoughts or in our minds about it. It's because the Spirit of God is drawing us to Himself. And as He is drawing us to Himself, we want to be more like Christ. We want to forsake that sin and we want so desperately to walk in that righteousness. And that's why Acts 3.19 says times of refreshing will come into our hearts and will come into our lives. Have you ever been burdened down by sin to the point where you are in that vicious sin cycle? You do not know how to get out except to just call upon the name of the Lord and say, Lord, please come and help me. Lord, please come and save me. And you know that he is. You know he is picking you up out of that pit and he is putting your feet firm on that rock and you sense hope and you sense peace and you sense a new power in your life. That's the times of refreshing that he is bringing into your heart and into your mind. And my friends, that is freedom at work in you, but don't stop there. Don't get comfortable at that point. You need to take that opportunity to say, Lord, teach me teach me your will. Lord, teach me your way. Lord, teach me how you would have responded in this situation and this circumstance so that the next time when you're tempted to fall into that trap of that sin cycle, oh no, you're fortified in the truth. Why? Because you have his thoughts in your mind. You have his desires in your heart. That's the beauty of renewing the mind. When we renew our mind, something powerful takes place in our walks with the Lord. It changes the way that we act and it changes the way that we feel. Now, I want you to hang on to this because this is so important if we're going to truly deal with sin in our walks so that we have victory over them. We must understand the powerful commodity that is available to us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit so that we can have the mind of Christ. When we have the mind of Christ, our actions change, which is simply what confession is. I did this action. I hit my brother. Not Not only do our actions change, our feelings will also change. That represents the repentance that is available to us through Jesus Christ. I hit my brother and I'm not going to hit him again. So when we renew our minds, our actions change, our feelings change, and we experience those times of refreshing. We want to walk in his ways. We want to walk in his truth. We want to walk in his path. So we have to get serious about the sin that is going on in our hearts and in our lives. This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.